Hello, everybody. I'm Dr. Laura. Welcome to another episode of Where Work Meets Life. Today, I'm going to speak to you about preventing burnout in our lives. I spoke about burnout in a previous episode around what organizations need to do, because organizations can oftentimes be the culprit of people's burnout. And I really want to say, though, that there are things that you need to be aware of and that you need to take action on if you're struggling with stress and burnout, regardless of your organization's situation. So whether you are an employee, whether you are a manager or a leader, any one of us at any level in an organization, in any industry, is prone to burnout. And we want to make sure that you don't get yourself down that path to burnout. So I'm going to share with you today a little bit about what burnout is and isn't. So as a review from the last episode I did on burnout, it is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. So to simplify that, it's that you've had a lot of work-related stress, okay? So we're not talking about the rest of life. We're talking about stress related to work is what we're talking about around burnout. Can our personal stress, our relationship stress, health issues, et cetera, impact burnout? Absolutely. But as a, a syndrome, it is related to work and it has three dimensions. So when you're feeling burnt out, you are feeling energy depletion, exhaustion. You feel just plain tired. You don't have the energy that you used to. There's been a shift in your energy. Secondly, you don't feel as attached to your job. You feel cynical about your work. And that's changed. Perhaps before in the past you felt engaged, excited, motivated into your work, and now you just feel depleted. Third, you just don't feel as good at your job. You just don't feel as confident about your skills. And in the past, you did feel confident. So those are the signs that you might be burnt out. And I look at mental health, stress, burnout, etc. as something we need to think about on a continuum. So as a healthy worker and a healthy human uh, professional, you are feeling a positive mood in general. You may have good days and bad days. We all do. But in general, you're feeling pretty consistent in your performance. You have normal fluctuations in your mood. Then you go from healthy to reacting. So imagine this continuum where you are starting to feel reactive. Your fuse is a bit shorter. You're more irritable. You may have some trouble sleeping. And that's one of my first signs is trouble sleeping. Waking up at night and not being able to fall back asleep is my culprit and my sign that I'm in a more reactive mode. You may feel tired or low energy, or you may feel more anxious energy, more anxiety. For me, it takes place in anxiety, tension, tension in my throat, just a feeling of being on edge. For some of us, we withdraw and we have less social connection in our life when we start to react. So that can be a sign, but just irritable, more angry, short fused. So we want to recognize when we are reacting. 
we want to be able to bring in wellness. We want to make sure our wellness is top of mind, that we go back to the basics of sleep, healthy eating, exercise, fresh air, and social connection. And social connection doesn't mean that you need to be an extrovert. Absolutely not. What it means is you need to socially connect with others in whatever way it supports you. And it can be one-on-one, it can be virtual or face-to-face, but maybe it's just a conversation on the phone with a good friend or a sibling. That could be your way of connecting. Not all of us needs to be a social butterfly in order to be, you know, having social connections out there. But when we go from reacting to injured, injured means that your anxiety, stress, anger, depression, etc. has set in. It's set in, it's made a home, and it doesn't feel like it's going away. You may feel fatigue, you may feel a constant energy drain, you may feel aches and pains. Oftentimes, when you're injured, it affects your body in some way, whether that's tension in your neck, whether that's blood pressure, Um, whether that's trouble, a lot of trouble falling asleep, staying asleep, and you just don't feel like doing the things you used to. So dragging yourself to the gym would be a monumental effort at this point when you're injured. Um, You may feel a hopelessness in terms of I'm never going to get out of this and I don't really feel like seeing anyone or doing anything. All I can bring myself to do is, is work and then go home and sleep. Like Those sorts of thoughts can really show that you're injured. And I would encourage people who are injured or if your loved ones are injured, that's a point where you really need help. You need your team helpful to jump in and support you. And team helpful is different for different people, but that could be your therapist. I think it's important for everyone to have a therapist at different points in their lives. I think that having a family doctor and making sure you see that doctor when you're feeling injured, making sure that you see other providers. And for some of us, it is uh, uh, acupuncture, naturopath, uh, massage, that's another one, different type of energy practitioners, uh, whoever fills your bucket and helps you to heal. Um, sometimes it's spiritual um interventions, bringing spirituality into your life. Maybe it's gone dormant and you need a new form of spiritual learning, evolution, connection. Maybe it's mindfulness um, and meditation that needs to play a bigger role. But it, it looks different ways for all of us. But one thing's for sure, it's more than one of those things. So oftentimes it's multiple uh, interventions when you are injured in order to get yourself out of that injured state and towards being healthy again. Then the final part of this continuum, um, which you can see if you turn into the video on YouTube of this episode, by the way, the final stage is illness. And illness is when you have really hit the stage where you can't function. And this is where the medical leave the stress leave um, would take place. You just, you might lose your job if you're injured or sorry, ill um, and you can't function and it affects the rest of your life. So when you are ill on the mental health continuum, you are mentally ill, you cannot function uh, well in society. Everything takes a hit and you may um, feel chronically, 
chronically unwell and not able to get out of bed, or if you can get out of bed, you just feel like you're going through the robotic movements of life. So this is where we don't want any of you to be, any of us to be, and we're all prone to it. So we need to be very careful that uh, we don't get to that ill point. And if you get to that ill point, that's rock bottom. There is a way to get out of that. There is a way to get well again, and it'll take baby steps and it'll take lots of interventions and an open heart and mind to be able to get the right helpers into your life. So mental health continuum, that's important when we're talking about burnout and when you have changes in your mood, your productivity, your sleep, your energy, anything that changes from the way it was is a sign that you're going down the wrong way of this continuum and we need to address it. Don't be too hard on yourself, but use it as a siren, a warning sign. Maybe the smoke detector has gone off in the house. Okay, there's some smoke here. There's not a fire yet, but there's some smoke. Okay, let's deal with the smoke before it becomes a fire. So another thing that I want to say about... um, burnout is notice the warning signs in your loved ones in those around you. So notice if something's shifting in their behavior, in their responsiveness to you, in their energy, the look of them, their appearance, their hygiene. Um, Notice if they look like they've been crying if they look like they're about to tear up. So some of us hold our tears in, others show tears and they have trouble holding the tears back. And I remember when I was a kid growing up, I would always cry easily. I was a highly sensitive soul, still am, but (laughs) I have learned to control the crying um, in most cases. But uh, in, in school, if I was hurt, I just couldn't help myself. So it was really embarrassing and I'd have to go to the washroom, have a good cry. But again, people who are looking like they're tearing up and stuff, that's something to to say, how are you doing? I noticed that you're looking sad. Are you okay? Is there anything I can do to help? Um, Do you need any help from me? Is, Is there anything I can do? And that goes a long way. And some people will say, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, but the fact that you asked matters and maybe, just maybe, they'll open up to you and you'll be able to get them referred in the right direction. You do not need to play counselor or psychologist. What you do need to do is care enough for people, care enough about people to ask how they're doing and to point them in the right direction um, if and when they need help. So I want you all to take stock of your mental well-being regularly, even on a weekly basis to to journal. How was the last week? How was I doing physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and socially, right? So how did I feel in those different spheres of my life? And what could be better next week? So paying attention to your energy and capacity and knowing that if last week wasn't so great, next week can definitely be better if I put things into action. So a personal wellness plan is about creating the habits and best practices uh, on a daily and weekly basis. And I always say it's about setting small goals on a daily basis that you can tackle. 
And those things can be as simple as going for a walk, getting fresh air. Uh, they can be doing a 10-minute meditation. They can be taking 10 minutes to stretch. They can be cooking a healthy lunch. So again, there's different ways of, of playing out a personal wellness plan. Um, but I want you to really think about it's those little things on a consistent basis that make a big difference. Uh, so I want to leave you with the fact that there is a way to address burnout once it happens. Once you reach that end stage of burnout and you just feel like uh, just a lack of energy, cynical, like you're not good enough, there is a way to get well again and that burnout is not your fault. Oftentimes it's the organizational conditions you're in. It's the overload. It's the brutal boss that you're working for. It's the unhealthy team dynamics that are grating and wearing away at you. So it's not your fault, but you have the power to get the help you need. And I hope that the resources that I share on this podcast are useful to you. I have lots of articles on the blog uh, that would really come in handy for you. I have episodes around thriving humans, episodes around the brain and health and sleep and nature and all of these things that can really improve your mental well-being. My monthly e-newsletter, which you can sign up for on my website, drlaura.live, is all about tips and resources and my latest episodes and articles that can kind of point you in the right direction uh, every month and, and help you on your well-being journey. And I love to speak about this. I'm a keynote speaker. I speak to organizations, associations, and events. And burnout is a topic I'm passionate about. Mental health, helping leaders, helping organizations and employees have those conversations about mental health and well-being and avoiding burnout at work. So that's what I do. I love speaking. I love referrals around speaking. And I love and appreciate each of you. So have a wonderful rest of your day and stay well. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Where Work Meets Life. If you found this content valuable, please rate and review the episode and share with others who may benefit. Visit me on my website at drlaura.live and sign up for my monthly e-newsletter full of tips and resources. I'm also a passionate keynote speaker and would be delighted to speak with you on your speaking needs. Stay well.